Welcome to another edition of What's Next. My name is Zaki Anastasio. It's great to have you with us, and it's a great privilege to be joined by the Managing Director of Microsoft South Africa, Lillian Barnard. Lillian, good morning to you, and how are you doing in this middle of this uh, crazy world that we're living in during lockdown? Let me ask you first, uh, and, and thank you for joining us firstly, as the managing director of the company that's really keeping the glue together for many of us, allowing us to communicate. Um, how has COVID-19 been treating you personally and, and how has it been running this company remotely, I imagine? Um, good morning, Aki, and really thank you for having me and good morning to all the listeners. Um, this is this was a huge adjustment for all of us. Uh, we all had to adjust to the new normal. Um, what a privilege and very humbling for us as Microsoft just to see how, you know, companies across the board, organizations, government have just used our technology tools. Um, of course, uh, we, we are using it as well. It is very empowering. It is allowing us to collaborate in a very productive way. I think in the beginning uh, of the lockdown, it was difficult for everyone because, uh, you know, as humans, we are social beings. And I think we are starting to to get used to it and uh, just understanding how to operate, you know, in um, remote setup and making sure that we still keep that close connection, you know, with everybody that we used to be in touch with at the office. So, I mean, I, I think that Microsoft has been preparing for a day like this for many, many years. I remember being... Uh, at a, a build conference many years ago before Satya Nadella was made the head of the organization and he was talking about what they are building uh, on Azure and, uh, you know, getting, you know, a preview of Teams and, you know, it's now just like all come together. I mean, Microsoft is an organization, you guys have the ability to work remotely, but for many CEOs, it was an unexpected choice, like at the beginning of, of March, where we said, your teams are all going to be deployed, you're all going to be working remotely, and millions of people are still being deployed and, and working remotely as well. Um, have you seen massive changes in how people are using Teams, for example, uh, during the pandemic? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, Satya, you know, our global CEO, Satya Nadella, made the statement and he said, we have seen two years worth of digital transformation in just two months. What I think, what I find very gratifying to see is just to see the agility, right, and how people have been able to manage. If you think about it, um, you know, as Microsoft, we've talked about collaboration tools for a very long time, um, mm. and we just had, you know, a piece of technology that was ready for the moment. And I must say that organizations across the board just latched onto Teams. They used it um, to make sure that they stay connected. They collaborate to make sure that they keep productivity going. And there's just such a huge change in terms of mindset, first of all, when you think about remote yeah. work and also, you know, the productivity gains that you can get from it. No, it's been incredible to see. I mean, when the lockdown first started, I think you could only see, I think, four people on the screen, and then it's moved to nine, and now you've added even more. So it really has grown uh, based on the demand, and Microsoft have made these small adjustments here and there. So, uh, I mean, the platform has been astonishing. And uh, do you, when you meet with your teams, um, your Microsoft teams in South Africa, do you guys all meet on a daily basis, or is it... Do you meet uh, with department by department? I mean, how have you communicated and stayed in touch with the Microsoft team in South Africa? 
So um, I can tell you immediately, uh, especially when lockdown level five was uh, announced, as a leadership team, we went into daily meetings just because it is so new. All of us talk about the fact that there is no playbook. And because we had to keep our finger on the pulse and every day we had to stay connected. And then my leaders in turn as well, they then stayed connected with their own teams on a daily basis. What I did was that I had a weekly, um, what we call an all hands and an employee touch base with all Microsoft employees just to talk to them daily and to make sure that we navigate you know, them through the situation, sharing mm-hmm. tips and tools. But I think one thing that we've you know, uh, emphasized over this period and continue to do so is to let them know that as a company, we prioritize their health and their safety. Um, they need to stay at home. We will make sure they've got what, you know, the tools they need, you know, to remain productive. There was yes. also a different conversation we started having with employees was like, make sure you take breaks, make sure you take time out. Because, you know, most employees went into this always on, you know, mode and we have to make sure suffer from burnout yeah and and i'm sure i mean you as being the managing director you've got to deal with seattle as well you've got the international guys to deal with at the beginning of march be honest with me lillian how many hours a day were you spending on teams i bet you it was no less than 10 hours a day it was very stressful for you i'm sure so to be honest it was probably just a little bit more than that because of unknown because you don't know what you don't know And you also understand your profound responsibility as a leader, just to make sure that you you kind of make sense with the facts that you have in front of you, but at the Mm -hmm. same time also provide some clarity to your teams, just to make sure that they feel that, you know, the leadership team have their concerns at heart. So it was long hours. We did talk a lot to each other. And I think that connection was so important for me, Aki, because we were all looking for the answers. We were curating the answers and we had to do what was applicable for our employees in South Africa. But at the same time, I must say our company was amazing in terms of giving us, you know, uh, you know, guidance as leaders in countries. I had a daily connect with my boss, just so you know, and we were daily connected, you know, as into the mothership for them just to give insight into country managers as to how we ought to be leading during this time. And I guess there was a lot of learnings along the way, as you just said now. But I tell you, one of the things and you, you you know, companies have adapted pretty well, I've got to say. Um, I, I think the academic institutions, I mean, universities and dealing with kids at school, trying to learn online, I think that's possibly been one of the challenges and one of the things that we can improve dramatically on globally, I think, that we can learn so much of how to do it better. I know that you've been really actively uh, you know, approaching and engaging with local academic institutions um, to train them in teams. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how's that been going and which academic institutions specifically have you been engaging with? So, uh, you know that when, you know, COVID started globally, we made um, teams available for free uh, to um, all academic institutions around the world um, because we we understood profoundly that learning needed to continue. Needless to say, even pre-COVID, we've always had, you know, the the concept that there is a need for us to re-engage you know, education to ask if there's a different way for us to deliver, you know, education using digital models. 
Um, so, of course, when uh, COVID started, uh, we started working with schools, we started working um, as well as universities just to make sure that we empower them and also enable them to start, you know, you know, operations and to continue, you know, doing the work from home. Um, and basically what we've done, we've done a very specific initiative because we understand that uh, academia, we need to give them the right training um, mm. so that they know how to use the technology at an optimal level. And uh, so we've made this new, um, you know, play available where educational institutions could sign up They specifically train, you know, universities on teams. Right. And then what we then do is that we match, you know, educators that could train universities with universities that sign up to make sure that we actually give them the requisite training that us that so desperately needed at this time. Lillian, that is astonishing. And um, teams itself, uh, I've just, I, I'm, I'm actually battling to calculate how many people in a day must have been using Teams? Are there any stats available globally as to what the usage of Teams has been so far since the pandemic started and the lockdown started globally? So, you know, the statistics that, that we typically share, the, the, I mean, the numbers are staggering. So we're talking about 200 million, you know, Teams uh, participants, right, in, in one, you know, take. 4.1 billion meeting minutes 4.1 billion meeting minutes in the beginning you asked me how much time do you spend on teams of course it's contributing to that yes. um and think of you know essential workers and we look at healthcare workers they have participated in 34,000 meetings on teams uh, 183,000 educational institutions signed up globally, you know, with teams. Mm -hmm. So the numbers speaks for itself. It just shows that, you know, truly technology is an enabler. It can empower and it has literally helped us accelerate the pace of digital transformation. Now, you talk about the pace of digital transformation and accelerating it. Um, the, an interesting partnership between Microsoft and SAP uh, for local digital transformation. Can you tell us a little bit about this, uh, the relationship between Microsoft and SAP? Oh, absolutely. We made a, uh, an announcement on the 3rd of March in the local market. And that announcement was just to amplify the announcement that was made globally uh, last October. And that is that... Azure will become the preferred cloud platform for SAP S for HANA as well as SAP cloud platform. And what we basically want to do is to make sure that we accelerate our customers' journey to the cloud and take away three things. We want to make sure we take away the complexity. We want to make sure we reduce risks and also give customers an opportunity to quickly tap into the innovation that's available the moment they migrate to cloud. Okay. Um, we're doing this in connection with our global systems integrator because we want to make sure we provide them with reference architecture and market approved journeys so that we could actually ease the way for them to, uh, to move to the cloud. Because we know that typically whenever you do an SAP migration, it is complex and we want to make sure that we simplify the process so that customers can move faster. That's very interesting. And, and there's a lot of new partnerships that you've announced. Well, I'm sure the one with Vodacom, for example, that's been quite interesting going back to the educational stuff with, uh, with uh, you, you know, local learners, for example. Um, tell us about this initiative between Microsoft and Vodacom. Very excited. Um, we announced this about last week and uh, 
I tell you, it is such a poignant announcement for our market. So if you think of how we look at education, and we always had a bold vision for education, there is a need for us to transform education, making sure that we give our learners today the skills needed for the future workplace. But because of the pandemic, there was a need for us to continue education and make sure that we make, you know, virtual classrooms available using digital technology. So... Mm -hmm. Vodacom, Microsoft, long-standing history when it comes to, you know, investing in education in this country. But at the same time, we don't look at the short term as well as long term to say, as much as we're addressing a current need, at the same time, we also need to look at the long term need, which is to make sure that we give our learners technological fluency in our country. Wow, that is that is incredible. So you've really been busy behind the scenes, uh, building all sorts of partnerships. Um, it's interesting where we are right now, and the world is going to be a very different place when we get out of this. We don't know when we're going to get out of this. The people that are working remotely, and when you look at the explosion of e-commerce and how the way we do business has changed, where do you, as Lillian Barnard, the managing director of Microsoft South Africa, see this? I mean, can you can you tell us where you see the future, where Microsoft sees the, the next 24 months, for example? Is this going to be the new normal that they talk about? Um, and all of us are looking at the trends and what's happening on our doorstep, right? Social distancing, what does it mean? What does remote work mean? Um, a lot of people are talking about we are going to opt for hybrid models. And, and that makes perfect sense. With employees now working from home, most of the time, what does it mean for company culture? Uh, we need to think about security. All of us are sitting at home. Are those endpoints ultimately protected? In fact, we have um, upcoming on the 7th and the 8th of July, the Reimagine Tomorrow conference, where we will be sharing with customers some insights in terms of how they need to think about the future and how they need to reimagine the future because companies that will really do well are those that will be able to transform their current business model and also who are able to perform at the same time. And I mean, this is a huge undertaking. And what we're basically saying to companies is that this is your opportunity to accelerate the pace of digital transformation. And we're looking at it in four ways. We're already doing um, employee empowerment. They're working from home. What does this mean? How are you going to capitalize on the momentum you've built? Number two, of course, you need to engage your customers very differently. There's such a lot of customer data out there. Customers are now interacting with you in a very different way. How are you going to overlay intelligence for you to understand new customer patterns? How will you know when customers interact with you in different channels that it is still the same person? So it's still that 360 view of the customer so that we don't lose the aspect of personalization. Of course, all companies are talking about optimization. We have to find ways to create efficiencies in our processes. And also, number four, you need to look at your current services and products and look for ways to innovate and come up with new revenue streams to ensure that you can weather the storm. Sure. Absolutely fascinating. I mean, really, the insights that you're sharing, uh, it really makes so much sense. Uh, and thank you for those incredible insights, Lillian. Um, and my final question to you is, it's not necessarily related to Microsoft or anything, but you're just your day-to-day -day life uh, as a technologist yourself, running one of the biggest uh, technology companies in South Africa, and as a consumer yourself, has Lillian Barnard had an aha moment during this lockdown? Maybe something that you thought, wow, aha, or something. Have you had an aha moment during this uh, last three months? I did, and let me tell you what my aha moment was, right? Having been in technology for a very long time 
And many conversations I've had with leaders, I also had the opportunity to connect with a lot of C-suite leaders, you know, throughout this process, just to check in. What I love about what is, you know, become of us as humans, we've become so much more human. It's it's just that human engagement and interaction and us sharing, comparing notes. I loved it. You know, this my biggest aha moment is the ability of the human race to adapt and to adjust. If you would have told me, Aki, five months ago that there will come a point in time where people would have to pack up and go work from home and make it work and it will work, I probably would have questioned you. But we all have witnessed that right in front of our eyes. We all have seen customers in government, in you know, organizations across the board, switching on technology because it was really about the survival of the fittest. That has inspired my heart profoundly, made me realize as a technology company that, listen, we have to remain grounded in our mission to empower everyone, give them the technology so that we can ultimately ultimately make a difference and impact our country. Wow, that is so thought-provoking. I mean, it's really, the, and I've heard this from many different people, what, what seemed impossible became possible, and I'm sure many organizations are asking themselves, what else is impossible that we can tackle? Lillian Barnard, Managing Director of Microsoft South Africa, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your insights. We wish you well, we wish you good health and continue steering Microsoft to greater success. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Aki. Thank you for having me and keep well and stay safe.